Tom Kissingberry here. Nah, I'm just kidding. We don't have Tom Kissingberry money. It's just me, Peter Howard, and Jake Anderson meeting at the Dynasty Crossroads once a week for 30 minutes to talk about one player at a time. We look at the film with Jake, we talk about the analytics with me, and we try to come to a consensus. We do have a pretty cool theme song, though. Peter crunches numbers and Jake just grinds that tape. Football.com and a DLF family, a podcast. That's Sam Stompy Lane. James is dead. That's the conspiracy theory for the week. Conspiracy theory du jour. That's Amigo Numero Quattro, Brian Shephar. Hey, you'd better find James. He's dead. He's, he's buried under the Meadowlands. We'll dig him up. <laughs> I am John. Shake me like an eight ball and get ready for the magic Hogan. This is the Super Flex Super Show. So real quick, before we get to this mailbag episode, got to thank Brian Hart for jumping in on super, super short notice, man. Like, like minutes, a matter of minutes. We uh, we we lost James a brain to uh, the abyss, and uh, uh, due to due to technical difficulties, he's uh, he's dead to us. So yeah, no, his heart his heart actually stopped. He's dead. <laughs> yeah. uh, but um, I I think that we did awfully well uh, bringing in a guest with absolutely no notice at all. Somehow we get Brian Har, one of our absolute favorites. Not only as a fantasy analyst, but just as a person, one of the just one of the absolute best in the community. So, Shep, gotta thank you for coming on, man. Hey, man, anytime. Thanks for uh, having me. I'm excited about doing this. So, it's gonna be a fun one too. Uh, so we kind of put this out on Twitter that we were gonna do uh, a kind of a mailbag type episode and ask me anything uh, type of episode. Uh, in the the thing is, there's just so much going on right now. People are doing startups. People are doing rookie drafts. People are trying to trade. You know, people are starting to hit the waiver wires. And there's just so many different things that we need to attack and that we need to hack for people. And uh, so we just, we kind of put it out there for people to send us in some questions. We got more trades than anything, but we ended up with a few questions. And uh, in honor of Brian Har from the Trade Addicts podcast, we're going to actually start with his co-host at Dynasty Outhouse, the Dynasty Outhouse. And he gave us actually a handful of questions here. So I'm just going to go down the list for you guys. Uh, but yeah, I mean, essentially, we're just going to answer some questions uh, that are that are on people's minds. So starting again with Russ, he asks us uh, for our feelings, first of all, on zero dollar bids. Should every pickup cost something uh, even First come, first serve after waiver run. Uh, so, uh, let me start with you, Stomp. What do you think about that? Do you uh, do you have a preference when it comes to uh, bidding on free agents? Not really. I mean, I think I 
I, I don't think there needs to be a minimum bid. I mean, if a, if, if a guy is interested in him but not interested enough to give money for a guy, I, I can't say, oh, you need to pay a dollar for him. I mean, if that's the case, nobody else was interested either, so why does it really matter? What do you think, Har? I mean, you probably have some insight into – for you, this might even be a little bit of a loaded question. Like you might have enough insight into what outhouse is thinking that, uh, that you, that you understand like where the focus of this, this question is coming from. So, um, let's, uh, let's, let's use that and see what you think about this. Yeah. So let me start by saying, I usually have no idea what the hell Russ is thinking. So, um, <laughs> we'll, we'll start with that. Um, no, but I, I agree with Stompy here. I mean, I, I don't really care one way or the other. I mean, if, I don't think there's anything wrong with not having a minimum bid, you know, um, if, if again, like exactly what Stompy said, if there's not enough interest in the player that a $0 bid is going to win him, what are we really upset about or arguing about? You know, um, it, it really doesn't bother me either way. I, I, I mean, I play in leagues that both have the, the dollar minimum bid implemented and leagues that don't. So, um, and I don't really personally have a preference. I would say definitely don't do the thing where you can do like less than a dollar, like a fraction of a dollar. That one annoys the hell out of me doing just a, a penny bid on a guy. Beyond that, I think for me, it kind of depends on the size of the rosters and the, you know, the overall settings. I mean, if, if you're still playing with defenses and kickers, I don't think you can do a, a minimum bid. I think you got to You got to set it zero, right? I mean, you can't, you can't make people pay a dollar for a kicker and, and expect them to actually do it uh, during bye weeks. And beyond right. that, I mean, I, I think it kind of depends on the depth of the waivers. You know, I think that if, if, if waivers are, if waivers are deep enough, if free agency is deep enough that there are players they're worth paying for, then go ahead and do it because I, what what I understand about Russ's point here is that he's that you can drive trading by making waivers, making free agency less enticing, which I totally get. Um, it, but I mean, I think that waivers, I think that free agency has to be enticing enough to to actually compete with the idea of trading. Otherwise, I mean, you know, if, if, if it's, if you don't have a whole lot of talent on the waiver wire anyways, I think that you can go ahead and just make it a zero. And I think people are still more likely to trade. And, and I think I agree with that. And really, I get the point if you have short benches because you're going to have relatively decent players, I suppose, on waivers. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I get the point there. If you're trying to drive trading um, that way, but other than that, I, I think I agree, especially in like redraft and stuff where you have kickers, you have defenses. Nobody's got wants to pay for those. The other, the other argument I think you can make is like I, I've heard you, and, and I think we've all heard the how, how some some guys see like oh well he needs to stream a qb this week so i'm gonna pick up all of the qbs and then drop them right away um 
and maybe maybe that's another thing to say okay well if you're going to do that you're going to have you're going to incur a penalty by paying a dollar per whatever qb you pick up should we talk about the uh first come first serve part of that though i don't know if we if we need to i if i mean we don't have to i think well i mean what's what i what is there to talk about it is first come first serve like who cares yeah well, I mean, I, I guess the idea would be waivers clear. Well, then, so, then okay. I, and I think it depends on for, so for first come first serve, I think it really, really do. Oh, Oh, what just happened? What hey. did happen? Whoa. Guys. Whoa. What's up? <laughs> so outhouse just popped in the middle of this recording. All right. Start over. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll start over i'm here uh, now i had an awesome intro by the way but it was it was sweet yeah but we're right in the middle of uh so real quick that's dynasty outhouse there there's your there's your intro you could do a dad joke or something if you want i feel so on the spot right now i can't think of anything <laughs> Did, we woke you up didn't we you look tired as hell i was just thinking <laughs> that you were sleeping <laughs> hey man I, I dreamed the mess th- i dreamed that there was a dm i needed to wake up and see <laughs> and you've been having a lot of dreams oh, lately dream hey. about the shit box thing what <laughs> yeah what's i forgot about that what is that was that on, yes, that was yes on brian the what is that <laughs> i lovingly uh, on the open bar called uh, called Russ the shit box <laughs> uh, in, in my frustrations of him and his luck in winning open bar Nick Chubba Lubba Wubba t-shirts Wubba Chub Wub thing Wubba yeah. Lubba Chub Chub thank you it's been a long day dude uh I I feel like open bar calls you everything but outhouse, like every synonym that there is. Hey man, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a cool shtick. Like, it's 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 they're uh they gotta they're gonna have to get really creative with it, which I like. That's pretty awesome. Uh, okay, so yeah, Dynasty Outhouse jumping in as we're answering Dynasty Outhouse questions. <laughs> So, uh, it's going to take some, uh, some, uh, some unique editing here, but, um, I don't think we should start over cause I think some really smart stuff has already been said. Um, and it's only going to go up from here. So let's, uh, let's let Russ speak to this a little bit. So we were just talking about the, uh, your first question feeling on $0 bids. Uh, should every should every pickup cost something, even first come first serve after waiver runs? Uh, so we kind of started there and gave all of our thoughts. Um, I think the overall consensus was it depends. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I don't know if you were prepared for that or not, but uh, so it, from here, I'll just give you the 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 teal deer on on my response to it was that it depends on the size of of the rosters and therefore the depth of the free agency and, and waiver wire. Um, as long as there's good enough talent on on waivers, then I would implement a, uh, a minimum bid. 
Um, but I mean, if waivers are super thin and there's not a whole lot of talent there anyways, or if you still play in one of those stupid leagues with kickers and defenses, I think you have to go zero dollar. So based on all that, do you, do you have a response to that? Do you have some context to add to this? Uh, well, the context is, uh, my league, the trade addicts leagues are, uh, there's a minimum bid of $1 and first come first serve pickups cost $2. And it's pretty much a, a way to make people actually bid. And cause you could be at a bid for less than you would get the just regular pickup for mm. makes you budget a little. So it makes you think about it. And in the end, it makes it more tradable when someone ends up blowing their entire fab on something and then, you know, needs a quarterback or wants to pick up, you know, someone from, you know, just a random waiver wire pickup, then that fab becomes a little tradable. It's never going to be, you know, Scott Fish bankroll money or anything, but it's still, you know, you traded a third for some cash so you can go pick up a running back. But then everyone's like, no, that's stupid. We just want to pick people up. (laughs) And I mean, like, I can't argue with that. Like, yeah, all right. Yeah. (laughs) But I, I, to me, transactions should cost something i guess that's very american of me i don't I, yeah i was just thinking that i was like man this you've got a very capitalist point of view on at least this one issue well it started out with the idea of making it tradable and i think i just spiraled from there <laughs> <laughs> just just got angry <laughs> just so yeah. I, so so i have a question about this is this is this question birthed from people complaining it's not not complaining but it's been brought up uh after last year when i brought up uh possible you know you you always put the thread uh, message board post any changes you want for the next year right 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 it was brought up at least twice you know the zero dollar bids cool interesting all right no one's angry about it but it it was brought up so i thought i would Sorry. Yeah, totally. I, I'm I'm glad that it's been a, a peaceful uh, debate so far, at least. So let's get to the next part of this. And I mean, I think it segues right into this this next question, even though we're going to jump ahead just a little bit. But again, Dynasty Outhouse. So what is your ideal roster size, clearly for Superflex leagues? Um, because... You know, again, to me, the the answer when it comes to minimum bid is kind of based on roster sizes. So, I think that we can uh, let's let's get into that. Like, what what's the ideal roster size? And let's kind of combine the two a little bit. What roster size uh, do you? At what point does it start to influence some of the other settings as far as waiver pickups? Yeah, I think ideally twenty eight to thirty is is roster size um those leagues tend to be a little bit more active in the trade markets i believe uh than than 24 25 player rosters um it doesn't necessarily affect how i feel about waivers um because i'm gonna trade (laughs) so like i mean that's the one thing about being a trade addict is it just kind of um you know if you're not afraid of that process right 
that's what you're doing to improve your team. So even if a guy gets picked up off of waivers, I'll just, I mean, I'll trade for him <laughs> if I have to, or if I feel strongly enough about him and I don't get the bid. So, um, but yeah, I think as far as roster size for me, it's 28 to 30. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been in, I, I'm in a lot of leagues that get upwards of 30 and you just start reaching for, whatever player exists oh well i can tell myself a narrative that this guy will get some snap someday when these two get injured it i think 25 is about what i like just because after that it's like now you're just reaching and now you're just getting guys that like ted ted gens of the world where it's like well i mean he's still technically the wide receiver too for new orleans but it's like is he really going to do anything do do we really need to roster him kind of thing so 25 for me is i think ideal all right and, and now to defer to the man who i okay i'm gonna go out on a limb here and just guess between you know cartoon do-gooders trade addicts and who even knows what else uh, I'm going to guess here that Russ has set up more leagues than the combination of the rest of this panel. Uh, I don't know that for a fact, but I'm, I, I, I think it's a pretty safe guess. So let's, let's hear Russ, uh, how you, uh, how you generally set it up. Uh, when it's again, super flex, uh, anything below 20, anything below 26 is too little. Uh, 26 was the first Superflex League, a 12 team, uh, that uh, that I was in, and it was 26, and it was like barely enough. It was there were, also was no taxi squad, uh, so it was a little harder than at least my leagues have four taxi squad spots. Uh, so 26, and like Stompy was saying, the Triadics leagues are 32. And it really was to the point to completely drain most of the the waiver wire just because, again, guys on the end of the roster, you end up trading a little bit more, like Brian was saying, instead of picking someone up. Uh, so I think 32, any more, I think, would be silly. Uh, it would be really, you know, what, what Stompy was saying, times 30 with the kind of garbage you would have on a roster just to fill a spot. So... Yeah, 26 to 32, I'll say, because my league's have 32. So I, I guess I get that for for the taxi squad purposes especially. But even like with taxi squad, like are you – so I, I guess the for instance here is um, my cartoon do-gooders team. I have, I have Boston Scott on my taxi squad. Do we really th- – I mean, he's like the – RB five now for the Philadelphia Eagles. Like, does he nec- does he really need to be taxi squad? Like, I also have Justin Watson on there, and I think he's actually a legitimate taxi squad uh, guy. But there there are guys that definitely deserve it, and there are other guys that it's just like I mean, there's just no point putting that guy on a roster unless like three or four guys get hurt. I, I just can't see where he's going to be relevant ever. Ah, my in Trade Attic Six, my taxi squad is Quadri Allison, Darwin Thompson, James Williams, and Stanley Morgan. Well, you're just very good, okay? So shush. 
Well, Stompy, right. I think I think you bring up a good point there, though. Too, I, you know, one of the one of the combinations when you have larger roster, like I'm I'm not for having larger rosters, and then implementing four IR slots. That's ridiculous. Like, if you're gonna have larger rosters, then then don't have a crap ton. I mean, if you want to have one or two, okay, but you know, to have thirty a a, a you know a roster size of thirty players plus a taxi squad plus four IR slots, then I mean, yeah, that's getting that's getting a bit much. Um, you know, if, if you have a if you have a smaller roster size, if you're in the twenty four to twenty six range. Then it makes more sense to have more IR slots, I think. Fair enough. So the answer is pretty much whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> do, do what you want. Yeah. Is yeah, is man. It's it's tough because there's it it does feel like there's kind of a sweet spot, and I just have never quite been able to figure it out because at the end of the day, it just depends on the league a little bit. It depends on the 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 owners in the league, how active are they going to be and how much do you have to drive the trading? You know, and I, I've, I mean, I've, I've cried on, on all you guys' shoulders about this, but I've had some really bad leagues as far as trade activity goes. So for me trying to find, you know, the, the number where people actually feel comfortable trading, maybe even feel like they have to trade is vitally important. But I, I mean, there's some of them. It's it's like man, like roster every single fantasy relevant player, and you still can't make a trade. So it's uh, it 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 can still get pretty frustrating. But all right, let's get to Russ's last one here though. Um, this is a thought. So he's asking thoughts on consolation brackets and rookie pick prizes. Uh, trade addicts leagues give one point one three. Is that too high or is that just right for a consolation bracket prize? Repeat the question. Uh, Can you use it in a sentence? <laughs> I think I just did. The origin of the word? I, I don't know what you the think. The origin was my brain. Uh, okay. <laughs> sorry, reread re the question. All right, so consolation brackets. And uh, whoever wins the consolation bracket getting a prize, Trade Addicts Awards basically 1.13 and it uh 1.13 what the how do you say those 113 the 13th pick of the first round the 13th pick overall whatever out of a 12 team league good god uh that is this more clear than the first time i said it i can't imagine no but i i i like that i i am in a league that has that and I think it just keeps people engaged. I know there are others that kind of do like points for, I believe that like reverse order or they like the, the consolation bracket is like points for determines the, um, the draft order the next season in terms of like whatever, uh, seven through 12. Mm -hmm. But I, I think that's a, a good way to keep everybody engaged uh, throughout the season, uh, even if they're not in the playoffs. Um, there are also other ways to do it. Uh, points points uh, for or the highest score for any given week. So even for like weeks 13 through 16 or whatever, 14 through 16 for playoffs, you're still giving the guys who scored the most points 
money, like even just $10 per week. So yeah, I, I, I really, I, I do like the, um, that idea of using like an extra pick quote unquote in the first round. It's really just a co- compensatory pick, but regardless, you still get an extra pick in those, those first two rounds. That's generally always going to be valuable in rookie drafts. So, all right, here's my question. Is it necessary? I give, think so. To give everybody that? I Why give what do you mean give everybody that? To give everybody something to play for in the last what, 3 weeks of the season? I mean, depending depending on your leagues, yeah. I mean, I, I know I've been definitely been in especially home leagues, and the home leagues are the worst. Mm-hmm. But some guys in home leagues just check out. But if you're giving them incentive to stick around and, and continue to set their lineups, yeah, I I, I think it it helps promote a healthy league, I suppose, and and getting everybody involved and staying involved. Okay, but so to me, it feels like two different things. I, I think that we're talking about tanking prevention. And by week 14, I don't care anymore if the bottom, you know, six to eight teams of my league are, are not paying attention anymore. I don't care if they're not setting lineups. Well, you don't care, but I mean, can I you really like, can, can we say that like that's going to promote a healthy league is that guys who are at the bottom just kind of stop doing anything whatsoever, stop paying attention. I think, I I think the sign of a healthy league is people are involved constantly. Right. Oh, I don't know. I I don't know. I I don't know if it matters. I think that if they're going to check out, they're going to check out either way. So God, you're selfish. Yeah, kind of. I mean, I've also been the guy who's checked out, though. So, well, then don't do that, John. Why? So I can get another draft pick for a rookie that I don't know. Yeah, that's true. You you are kind of <laughs> dumb when it comes to young players. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's get our guests involved in this. I, I I'm sure that they've got some thoughts on this too, uh, other than uh, just me and Stompy yelling at each other over this. Yeah, so I, I guess for me, I mean, and I think Russ will be behind me on this one. Um, you know, another way to combat the lack of interest in the league over the last several weeks of the of the season throughout the play the dynasty playoffs or fantasy playoffs or whatever is by not implementing a trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Hashtag I like that. Hashtag brand. Hashtag brands. <laughs> nice. Um. I don't mind the compensatory pick, the 113. I I, I have uh, played in leagues that have that, and um, you know it. It I, I don't mind that at all. I, I know there have been a couple league mates that I've had that have felt really strongly the opposite direction on that. Um, I'm not one of those. I, I I'm good with it. I'm good without it. Um, but but I think I would. I like the idea of not having a trade deadline, anyways. So if we're talking about keeping people engaged. You know, I know in Trade Addicts 2 last year, um, I mean, there were probably as many trades weeks 14 through 16 as there were, you know, um, maybe not as many, but there were a lot of trades week 14 through 16. It was just as active as it was, 
you know, the rest of the season. So, uh, and, and not just from playoff teams. I mean, there was just a lot of action going back and forth, um, you know, because we don't have a deadline. So the guys that were out of it, were trying to make moves, um, to, to capitalize and get some guys that maybe, you know, maybe the playoff teams weren't paying attention to because they're focused on winning a championship. So, uh, I think that's another way that you can kind of combat the, you know, the lackadaisical ending to the season for pl- for teams that aren't involved in the playoffs. I kind of like that better personally. I I, I do want to get your thoughts on this, Russ, but I'm also going to throw in a wrench because, to me, I mean, a lot of the leaks that that I run, what I end up doing is setting the trade deadline for you know it's it's basically week 13. There's a trade deadline. But as soon as you're eliminated from contention from the money bracket, then you can resume trading. So if you're already eliminated from playoff contention, you can keep trading. And then as soon as you get eliminated, if you are in playoff contention, as soon as you're eliminated, then you can go back to trading and trading is open year round. Uh, and I mean, I I guess I haven't really tried it with a, without the deadline just across the board. I, I guess you're the, about to. <laughs> it sounds, <laughs> sounds like it. Yeah. I, I So the thought was always that, you know, the championship teams can just kind of load up and they're going to get the, the players that help them win the championship at a discount. I, I don't know. Is, is that, is that accurate? Does that end up happening or, or, that, I mean, that is everyone's like terrifying tale. Like that's what they're all afraid of. Uh, mm-hmm. We have last year four, uh, trade addicts leagues it didn't happen in any of them you know clearly none of them have a trade deadline uh between trade addicts two and three there were a lot of trades in the postseason brian started a freaking arms race in trade addicts two that's all his fault (laughs) um (laughs) oh thank you yeah And, and yeah it was fun uh in four leagues i think it really maybe changed the outcome of one of them you know someone did go nuts yeah and the thing is, he didn't destroy his team, and he didn't. The uh, the worst teams didn't sell for a discount. If you have smart teams, they're gonna want fair value. Just because some dude wants to win the championship doesn't mean I'm gonna take a third instead of a second. It doesn't make sense. From it's dynasty. Your team is still yours. Why sell cheap? Uh, mm-hmm. So that I never really. I think just I, I've had a very lucky dynasty experience compared to a, a lot of people on Twitter because I haven't seen anyone sort of do anything to spite the league. But mm. to speak to, uh, sorry, your wrench, uh, which I am ridiculously not a fan of. Uh-oh. Uh, I don't, I don't think it's fair that some can and some can't if three guys are in a bidding war for Kiki QT on this guy's team. I should be able to get it on it. Uh, even if he doesn't start for my team, I should still have a chance to put him on my bench. I just, to me, it's either all or none and I choose all. Ah, that makes sense. So, okay. So real quick, just what about the consolation bracket and with the compensatory pick, how important is that? Do you feel? Um, I mean, it's not important at all. It's just more fun. I mean, that's really the point of it. Uh, you still have something to play for in the end to keep people a little interested. But it also, 
I think it's a little anti-tanking because it will help mediocre teams still get a little better because the worst place to be in Dynasty is that like 5-6 seed or, you know, like the 5-8 through eight seed. So, you know, just missing the playoffs, you'll have your, you know, 106-107, but then you could also get the 113, which just, you know, if anything, could give you more draft capital to trade for a better, you know, to better your team. It's just another a tradable asset and be a way to yeah, just keep people interested, keep people with more ways to better their team, which would make less people leave if they're you know if they don't hate their team. Yeah, that's fair. It is is there two versions of Stompy on you guys' screen too? Uh, yeah, it, I, I it's something went yes. something went wonky. Whoa, something went weird wonder which do you get to talk twice like at the same time like talk to yourself i do i do that all the time because so. that's the last thing i need by the way is two two no. zombies yelling he's, at me at he's the about same to time. agent smith this place up <laughs> yeah, i, <know>. <laughs> <laughs> I have him yelling at me in stereo when we get to these trades uh but let's move on to some of these other questions uh the next one that came to us was from at Sunday J. Whoa, whoa, whoa. There was one more uh, on my, uh, <laughs> yeah, on my there, there was. Uh, in all fairness, that's not a question. <laughs> it was more of a demand. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, there are listener, league com- listener leagues coming, by the way. Uh, first of all, we do a uh, redraft league. It's a, a, a replicate of the Scott Fishbowl. And the winner gets an entry into next year's Scott Fishbowl. So it'll be Scott Fishbowl 10. Uh, but we're also working on um, resetting and rebuilding the Vampire League. And uh, let's just break a little news right here. So one of the big changes, besides a few little tweaks to some scoring settings, one of the big changes is going to be Rather than having one Superflex Super Show host own each of the vampires, we're going to, all three of us are going to control one vampire and we're going to bring in a couple other podcasts to, uh, to run the other vampires. And the Trade Addicts podcast is going to be one of them, uh, one of the, uh, one of the vampires. They're going to, Russ and Brian are going to co own one of the vampires. So we'd be the best vampire. Yeah, <laughs> that's you're gonna have all the glittery skin and stuff, huh? Hey, yeah. he's Batman now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so glittery, glittery skin, the Batman. Right. <laughs> I'll still watch it. Uh, uh, yeah. So they'll be the Twilight vampires. Um, we'll probably be interview with a vampire. And uh, we're not totally sure which who's going to have the third one yet. Uh, there might even end up being four. But uh, anyways, DM the Superflex Super Show if you want. And we do have some some spots available still. Um, and uh, but that's that's coming soon. And then we'll do a full startup draft. So for all those who are already in the league, have no fear. It's coming. James is working on it. He just uh, is as much as Brian is uh, not very tech savvy all i'm gonna say is he's here at least he's here he he got his computer to work in like a matter of minutes and he's here on the microphone james is 
for all I know, floating out. No, in yeah, we, we've already talked about. He's he dead. He's dead. It's fine. <laughs> oh, dude, what? I didn't Death know. That, that's a terrible way to break the news. This is the rest in peace <laughs> episode right here. <laughs> I buried the lead a little bit, huh? <laughs> yeah. Vampire lead. And James. also James died. James is James has died, but more than anything, Vampire League. All right. At Sunday J, at Sunday underscore J, asked us what Dwayne Haskins' value is in rookie drafts for teams without a need at quarterback. So I think the first question, based off of this, because I I can break this up a little bit into two different parts. So my first question to you is, how do you rank this rookie class for Superflex? Um, maybe give me your your, I mean just just give me your rookies in order that you've got them ranked until you get to Dwayne Haskins. So I have Kyler Murray, one, Josh Jacobs, two, uh, Nikhil Harry, three, Miles Sanders, four, David Montgomery, five, and then I probably have Haskins, six. Okay, okay. Man, these are probably all going to be different, I'm guessing. What do you got, Russ? Uh, pretty similar. Uh Kyler one. I'm still putting Nikhil at two, Jacobs at three, and any. I mean, I could see taking Haskins at four, and then whichever the running backs you like, uh, Sanders, then Montgomery is the chalk answer. So I think I stick with that. Let's hear Stomp. So is this is this trade addict scoring? Uh, uh, that, sure. that that would change a little bit. Because you'd have to. I'm, oh yeah, because tight there, ends. Would... There's a pretty heavy premium in in. So let's say no. Let's let's take out the the tight end premium uh, for for our purposes here, and just say super flex. Okay. Um, so it's it's Murray and Jacobs for me one two, and then I I could put Haskins here at three or Harry at three and Haskins at four. I'm probably going to go Haskins at four uh, just because I do think once Edelman's gone, which now is in question because of his new contract, uh, Harry, Harry will be the lead wide receiver there. But um, yeah, so I think it's Murray Jacobs, uh, Harry, and then Haskins for me. Okay. You're all too high on Harry. Um Murray Haskins, and so that's kind of there's there's my rankings for you. Uh, so let's uh, next next piece of this. Uh, I'm wondering if if you are in need of a of a quarterback, what are you doing at 102? Are you going Haskins, or are you still going? Are you sticking with your rankings? Ooh. Um... If if I was solid everywhere else and needed a quarterback, I might consider it. I might consider Haskins at two. Um, I, I I typically hate doing that, uh, but super flex leagues quarterbacks are tough to trade for, uh, or tougher than you know other players. I think so. Um, I I would definitely consider it if I needed a quarterback. I mean, I, I, I'll say this. I'm not, I mean, I'm not that far off in terms of Haskins being two versus, well, maybe Haskins being three versus four. Um, and I think I agree with Brian that I, in, in a super flex league and, and 
we've heard you say this numerous times, uh, John, that QBs are the cheapest at during the draft. So I think you have to probably take Haskins at two there. Russ, what do you think? So on a uh, super flex team that is in need of quarterback, what are you doing at 102? Are you, uh, are you going Haskins or are you sticking with your rankings? Uh, I mean, I think, you know, I, okay, well, clear first answer. See if you could trade back two spots, take the risk. Uh, but if that's not an option, I think quarterback is the one need in a super flex league that, you know, circumvents the draft for talent trade for need. Uh, I think at that point I'd be fine taking Haskins at two. I took Haskins at three in uh, the UDPL league, the ultimate dynasty podcasters league. Uh, so I guess I that has to be my answer. Cause I've done it. <laughs> nice. Okay. So, all right. Last question on this, then you're in a super flex league. You're, you're solid. You're four deep at quarterback solid at running back you're you know you're fine at tight end but the wide receivers are lacking a little bit what are you doing at 102 i'm trying to trade it for a vet that i believe in and capitalize on somebody else needing one of those quarterbacks or running backs if i have to draft one of the rookies i'm taking harry well i mean that makes perfect sense especially with uh what we've been saying on our show is the Hogue method of when you need all of your guys to sort of mesh in their experience at this at the right times. If you're needy at wide receiver, but you're set at running back and quarterback, you're not going to get help in the rookie draft. So, I mean, Brian's completely right. Take that 102, trade it for a you know some guy that's going to score you points today. I got to thank you guys real quick for for naming it that. You, I, I blush uncontrollably every time you guys say that on the show. <laughs> like shamelessly. What do you think about that, Stomp? I'm surprised that you only said four deep at QB. Oh, Shouldn't it be like six deep at QB? Well, that's me, but some people stop at four. I, I don't. I, some people stop at two. But <laughs> so, I, well, I was like, we'll, we'll split the four. difference and call it kind of a, a, a an average roster construction is four because I drive the average way up. No, wait, hold on. I need to stick up for John for a second. Yes, because I I have two super flex leagues where either I have only two quarterbacks because I. I you know, uh, I'm in midst, we'll call it, of a trade thing that's going to get me more quarterbacks because it's the non-point scoring season. Who cares about your lineups? Um, so I either have two quarterbacks or I have three quarterbacks, but one of them is like a third string guy. So only two quarterbacks. In two leagues, they both have the same bye week. Ooh. So, <laughs> oh man. And, and they're four different players, which makes it even funnier that I somehow found a way to put these guys on these teams. But yeah, so I will be quarterbackless in week eleven and week twelve in these leagues unless something changes by then, which I mean, with me there's a good chance. But that that's the caution that John's throwing at you. Yeah, it could happen. And it could the problem with Dynasty is just because you're okay this year, just because you draft a team where you've got quarterbacks 
on separate buys this year doesn't mean it's going to work that way every single year. At some point, it could catch up with you. I mean, you've got plenty of time to work on it. That's the nice part. I mean, even even for 2019, you've got plenty of time to fix that. But, I mean, it just sucks to be in a position where you have to fix it and you have to pay up for a quarterback because, essentially, you've got to you've got to get a quarterback without giving a quarterback. That is yeah, hard and, to do. And if you have a good, smart league, they're going to make you pay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, Stomp, what do you think about the so you're you're at least four deep at how about that? At least four deep at quarterback. Up to eight deep. Uh I would uh I would I think that I might have some leagues where I'm like seven, eight deep. Um but so I, I mean you can you can frame that however you want, but you're 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 hurting a wide receiver. What are you doing at one oh two? Well, I, I think the right answer is going to be trade out of the, I think the right answer for this draft is just trade out of the draft. Uh, Correct. But yeah, I mean, but. trading 1.02 for somebody, let's say like Tyler Boyd, Cooper cup. Um, I think I agree with that. Yeah. Other than that, I'm picking, I'm picking Jacobs and then I'm trying to trade. Uh, and, and you said we were fine at, running back i'm assuming adding jacobs makes you great at running back Mm -hmm. and i would be trying to trade one of my top or close to top end running backs for a wide receiver yeah i for me it's either quarterback it's either haskins or one of the the running backs just because they have the most trade value but that's the thing with with that's the reason i have haskins at 102 is the ability that get, that gives you the more quarterbacks you have, the more freedom you have in trading them. Because again, I mean, you need a minimum of four to make sure that you've got both the quarterback position and the super flex position filled at all times, all through the season, even during buys. And beyond that, the more that you have, the more you have this this flexibility in being able to trade because you can now you've got your fifth quarterback you can trade him for any position whereas if you only have three quarterbacks or even four quarterbacks i mean if you're going to trade one you almost have to get one back and the only way that you've got the freedom to to ship one out without getting one back is if you've got more than what you need for a season so so i mean that to me, that's why it's Haskins, but I could also see, I mean, there's pretty significant trade value with those running backs. All right. Next question from Varenus. Varenus? Varenus? I hope it's Varenus. <laughs> <laughs> no, just say Varenus. I'm, I'm three. And, and pronounce it like that. It's Varenus. I, I like that everybody's right. <laughs> I like that everybody's minds went to the same place, though. Uh, I thought right. this was a classier show than uh, <laughs> than it is apparently, because I was I held back the joke. I know everybody was just kind of like <laughs> <laughs> stifling laughter. Yeah. Uh, right. S- sorry, man. <laughs> For, sorry, Verenus. Verenus. Uh, sorry about the uh, about that. Uh, I should have just went with your Twitter handle. 
Uh, all right, so desperate for a quarterback in a 12-team Superflex, which value QB is most likely to start through the entire 2019 season? Eli Manning, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Case Keenum, or Ryan Tannehill? I was really hoping Flacco was going to be on that list because <laughs> that would be such an easy answer. I know. I know. Yeah. It's got to be Eli, right? I, yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I, I would say, I mean, Eli is the only one who starts from day one, so. Uh, you don't I, think Keenum's going to start? I, I, nah. I think Fitzpatrick I, might. Really? Yeah, I, he's, he's, man, I guess he's got a chance. Okay, first of all, get Tannehill out of here. I Like, all of a sudden, I don't feel quite as bad for calling you Varanus for saying that Ryan Tannehill is going to start the entire 2019 season over Marcus Mariota. I believe there was, I believe there was an, uh, an episode a while back called uh, show us your nuts or that I, I think I, I, may, I think I may have said that. The Tannehill starts the entire season. Yep. Yeah. You're nuts. No, you you're, said he starts the season, not the entire season. Okay, it's it's the same thing. <laughs> it's it's playing the first game of the season is not the same two, as playing all. You two with your Mariota love, stop it. Yeah, either way, you're being absolutely and utterly ridiculous, and you know it. Eli Manning has a chance. I, no, it, I don't. A, I don't know that. <laughs> well, I just told you. What? And you're you're uh, the be what? all end all. You're the alpha and the omega of this podcast. Thank you. Yes. What do you think? Oh my God! I, you that was gonna <laughs> you, you, bro. Jeez, <laughs> uh, oh man, I could have slammed that, uh, and I can't even jump. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 been here long enough that he's finally starting to catch on. <laughs> what do you think, Brian Har? Who uh, who who starts the entire season? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think Eli has the best shot at it you know yeah. I, I don't think any of the four are going to start the entire season to be honest with you but i think eli has the best chance i'm gonna move through these a little bit quicker for you guys here question number four from trade mart with the recent damian williams news which was basically the uh eric b offensive coordinator for the Chiefs, saying that damian williams is their starter who would you rather own in a PPR dynasty league, Damian Williams or Aaron Jones? I think me and Har probably have to abstain. Let's uh, so let's start with Russ. I am ridiculously stubborn when to a fault. Yes, you when are. It comes. I heard, I heard yeah. you say it the <laughs> other day on a podcast. <laughs> then, then why don't you just talk? You know. <laughs> no, it's I. I just you're not going to convince me on Damian Williams. Um, it he was bad. He's been bad. He was always bad. The team is good. The team has now four running backs that, to me, are the only time. The only reason they're not on equal footing is, yeah, uh, being rookies or being a vet, and uh, it could. The only time that there is really a bell cow in Kansas City is when there's someone worth being it or when there's only one healthy player. I mean, who else was alive on that team when Damian Williams was, you know, getting all the carries? 
No one. Yeah. I, yeah. We're gonna pretend there was a guy named Daryl Williams, but that never really happened. Like that's that's a dream that everybody had. Um, oh, dude. Oh, real quick. Sorry to interrupt, but somebody pulled the old. Somebody <laughs> nominated him in Fog of War, and I saw D Williams. And I bid like way, way, way too much, thinking I was getting Damian Williams, and I ended up with Daryl Williams. Look so, at rosters. A lot of people did that. Yeah. There's a lot of people with close names that are on people's rosters. Yeah. I hated it. That's so annoying to me. That's like when uh, when the Bears had Adrian Peterson as a mm-hmm. running back for them as well. Not the I, Adrian Peterson. Like a, an Adrian absolutely Peterson. terrible Adrian Peterson. Yeah, yeah, it's messed up. So yeah, not only is so it, it he's he's not a dream; he's a freaking nightmare. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that was a great story. I loved it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, Aaron Jones at worst will be the better part of a committee that he will just play better than anyway. Uh, Aaron Jones is by far the best player on in that backfield. And he overcame the stubbornness of his last terrible coach that we're hoping that he'll show a little bit of intelligence and actually play the better player. But even if he doesn't, there's less of a chance of him going away than Damian Williams to me. So I, Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones completely. That's turned into more negative Damien Williams than pro Aaron Jones, but I, yeah. <laughs> hey, how, however you break. Well, it down. I don't. I don't think I. Ex- yeah, I don't. I don't think I expected anything less. <laughs> uh, it's got to be Damien Williams for me. I'm going to be the one the detractor here from the entire group. Yeah. He legitimately has RB one upside in that offense. He was the oops. RB4. So does Aaron Jones. RB5, sorry. Yeah. It's fine. Did you just say Aaron Jones has the RB1 upside? Has RB1. Yeah, he has RB1 upside. No, I said I said Damian Williams is gonna be the 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 RB1 overall. I said I did not. Oh my god, don't put words in my mouth. I said he (laughs) has what I heard the RB1 upside. Damian Williams. (laughs) He has the RB1 upside. Yes, the RB1 upside. Yes, that's what I'm saying. So Damian Williams is better I, than Kareem Hunt. I didn't say that. When did I say that? I mean, Kareem Hunt wasn't the number one running back, but Damian Williams could do it. Yeah, okay. Let's, Although he was on pace, gonna, he, he was really on pace to be pretty to close. Yeah. Brian, don't ruin this for me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You, we can't compare it year to year. <laughs> Look, Akeem Butler's the next Calvin lot. Johnson, I guess. But it. anyway, oh my God, did you? Uh, <laughs> oh uh, boy, that's yeah. That's I'm a few days behind week. a podcast. I just listened to that. That's uh, yep. That's been my week. Um, so, but Damian Williams last year, weeks thirteen through seventeen was the RB five weeks. 14 through 17 was the RB2. He's got that kind of upside. And, I mean, I don't think Hyde really pushes him for touches. Uh, Darwin Thompson's, what, a what was he, a sixth-round pick? Seventh-round pick? 
James Williams was a undrafted undrafted free agent. So I just with the way Damian Williams flashed at the end of this end of last season and into the playoffs, uh, he legitimately has the upside to be the RB one next year. Will that happen? I don't think you can bank on that. No, but he definitely is an RB one. If he maintains that starting role. All right. I don't know where we go from here. I mean, hard. It's Aaron Jones, right? Like, yeah, definitely. Definitely for me. I mean, I, I like Damian Williams probably more than the average guy out there. Um, you know, he's for me, even when they brought in Hyde, I was team Williams in, in that debate. Um, but but yeah, no, it's it's Aaron Jones for me. Um, <clears throat> so I, it, it'll be interesting, John, to, to hear your take. I'm when we get into the trade section of this show, I'm going to uh, talk about a trade Russ and I made in one of the trade addicts leaks. I want to get your thoughts on it, um, given what we know about us and Aaron Jones. So <laughs> the, the Aaron Jones fan club is yes. meeting on the Superflex super show tonight. Uh, Carlos Hyde is the best running back on the Kansas city chiefs, by the way, uh, question number five, the, no, bro, the big throw that bad. out there and move on. <laughs> that was the plan. Yes. It's one of the perks of being the host <laughs> and, and the alpha and the Omega. I gave you a pregnant pause there if you wanted to fill it, but uh, question number five. I, from I, the- it'd be like, it, we'll just let it be like the Virgin Mary. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. Feeling very uncomfortable yeah. the way this conversation's ending. <laughs> uh, yeah. Might have to get used to it, I'm afraid. <laughs> question number five from the big Tabowski. Man, I'm having a hard time saying these guys' names. And he tried so hard to make a cool play on words. But Big Lebowski plus Tim Tebow. Um, t- total polar opposite concepts, by the way. But uh, so anyways, Dynasty, I, I believe it's Captain Redbeard on Twitter. Uh, and uh, so it's a Dynasty PPR league. 0.25 points per carry. Who do you prefer, Derrick Henry or Philip Lindsay? So this is tough for me. Uh, I think it's got to be Derrick Henry just because of the indications from Tennessee and how that offense is built. Uh, but here's the thing with Derrick Henry. we A lot of people are pointing out his um, – second half and and really towards the end of the season last season. But if you really look at his uh, points per uh, or fantasy points per week, you have like two that jumped well over. Well, you have a 30 point week and one that was nearly a 50 point week in PPR and the rest are all under 20. And if you actually look at the uh, rushing attempts, it's the same thing. Like you have several that are, or there's a few that are in double digits, but then there's one that one week, and I think it probably was against Jacksonville where he had over 30 rushing attempts. He had another one that was over 20. Everything else was below 20. So there's kind of two things going on here where it's like, Derrick Henry's like flash at the end of the season. And I think that's definitely brought up hype. 
but the the coach speak as well as some of the moves they've made this offseason have made me think that they're going to emphasize the run there um I don't and and I don't this isn't I don't want to get into Mariota and, and my hate for Mariota, but it's just not a volume volume passing offense. I mean, Mariota's never been a volume passer to begin with. It's always been a run first team with Mariota at quarterback. So I, I think it's gotta be Derrick Henry, plus the fact that Philip Lindsay's got that wrist injury, which I don't know how that's going to go. And I do think that Royce Freeman will be used more often than he was last season. I think it's easily Derrick Henry. If anything, just because if one of them does have a chance to be a volume back, it's going to be Henry based on size alone. And I think there's less for Henry to overcome because we saw how ineffective Deion Lewis was last year. And like you were saying, he flashed at the end because it was the first time he was given the actual opportunity to. I mean, to be fair, Henry does this to us every single year where he has an amazing last three games or the last game of the playoffs or something before they get eliminated. And it brings me back into thinking he's the greatest running back ever. I don't believe that, but uh, I think I'm, I think I'm buying in for real this time. I, I, I think he is, I mean, there's no reason he can't be a high end RB two, you know, somewhere between the 12 to 15 ish for an entire season if they actually give him the ball. Because like you said, that's not going to be a high-value passing offense. Yeah, I, I, I can't back Lindsay yet at all. Uh, besides the risk, coming in late to off-season stuff with a new coaching regime for an undrafted guy, I, I've been worried about him since the coaching changeover. I'm a little worried about him just you know, learning a new system. I'm not too worried about the draft capital side of it i mean i still think that if anything that works more against royce freeman than than philip Lindsay. but um but i i do agree on the uh you know just just coming into team activities so late is uh i that might be a lot to overcome for Lindsay. but i also just agree with everything that you said on henry so it's a pretty easy one for me but brian do you have any uh any thoughts on this no, I agree. Uh, for me, it's easy, Henry. Um, you know, we talk about top end RB two. He was a he was the RB fifteen in the trade addicts leagues last year, um, which are. Yeah, I mean, are, that's not necessarily fair. <laughs> what you know? What, he, why is it not fair? Because he he lost you the first twelve weeks. Just if you made it to the playoffs and happened to start him for some reason for three games. Well, but but the point is the volume is expected to go up, right? There's nowhere there's no way Deion Lewis gets 155 carries this year. Zero chance. Zero chance. He doesn't touch the ball a hundred times this year. So um I just think with with the volume uptick and and I agree with Stompy, I think all indications are they're gonna pound the rock. It's that's a going to be a running offense. Um that sprinkles in some play action and some deep shots and you know, this offense is built around Derrick Henry. Um, so I, I would take the chance there. And, and I, I also agree that Royce Freeman's gonna, gonna tip into, uh, Lindsay's carries. Um, it, it sucks talking bad about Philip Lindsay because he's such a fun player to watch and he was so good last year. And I think it was pretty unexpected for most people, not John Hogue, but 
you know, it's just, I don't think anybody saw it coming. So it was a lot of fun and, and it's not that he's not a good player. Um, I just don't think he has the build to be able to do that year after year after year in, in that weather and all that stuff. So I'm, I'm taking Henry here um, pretty easily, but, but I like both guys. Man, it makes Alex Barnes kind of an interesting deep stash too in deeper leagues. All right, I've got one last set of questions here from you, and then we can get to some trades. Uh, and this is from Trader Duck. It's a 12-team PPR Dino Superflex. Um, there's actually two questions here. So the first one for you guys is A.J. Brown or Debo Samuel? Uh, who would you rather have in your Dynasty League? A.J. Brown. Nice. Nice and concise. What do you think, Russ? A.J. Brown. And Stomp. Brown. Okay, cool. Easy enough. So the next one then, A.J. Brown, Paris Campbell, or Noah Fant? I, I still got to go Brown here. I, I, I think his future is brighter than the other two. Whoops. Uh, Russ? Paris Campbell. I knew he was going to do that. <laughs> yeah. I, Zach Reed is ruined Listening me. to Zach Reed to it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Brian. Uh, I still go Brown. And I've got Noah Fant, the number one pass catcher in this rookie class. All right, let's get to the trades. Um, no analysis needed. Uh, even Wait, though we can, all I, can I say history. trade alert? Oh, uh, yeah. I doesn't Brian, don't you do the soundbite on, on Trade Addicts? Maybe we should have the two of you duel over this, see who does it better. Go ahead, very boring duel. Let's get to the trades. Oh, oh wait, no. So That's I'm not. I'm saying trade alert for me. I don't really care. No, oh, I think really he's pulling a a Shane trade alert. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I I appreciate you letting us uh, actually get through a segment before you did that. Shane would not. So uh, definitely much appreciated. So yeah, let's hear it. All right, so this is the cartoon do-gooders one. I, I, so I'll give you a little bit of context. I traded uh, Sam Darnold for a 2021st and Philip Lindsay. Hey, good transition. Go, go me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you then I needed Lindsay? another. Uh, yeah, uh, then I got. Then I needed another QB. Because uh, I only had Rosen and Lamar Jackson, and I gave um, I gave up three twenty twenty firsts and Ronald Jones for Mitchell Trubisky, Will Fuller, and Cooper Cup. So let's see. So it was a net a net gain of Trubisky, Fuller, Cup, and Philip Lindsay. And, yep. a net, and a net loss of four 2021sts, Sam Darnold and Ronald Jones. No, 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 no. I I gave up three 2021sts. So but really, the, it was it was. Didn't you Sam say Sam Darnold the, two? Yeah, it's, hold on. It was Sam Darnold two 2021sts <laughs> and Ronald Jones four. Uh, and for Mitchell Trubisky, Will Fuller, Cooper Cup, and Philip Lindsay. Wait, so what was the first trade? It was Darnold and what for? 
No, it was just Darnold for a 2021st and Philip Lindsay. Oh, you got a 20. Okay. I thought you said you gave Darnold in a 2021st no, no. for Lindsay. I was like, stupid. what Come the on. hell was that? Um, okay. That's 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 better. Uh what do you what do you guys think, trade addicts? Okay. Well, I'm gonna do this separately because trying to smash that together is well, yeah, it's way too much. Um so Darnold for Philip Lindsay in a first. I'd probably, I probably I'm really big into Darnold, even with Adam Gase there. So I would take Darnold on that side. Um, but the one, two, three firsts for Trubisky, Fuller, and Cup is way, way, way on your side. So I don't I forget think that, Rojo. I didn't. I did. <laughs> Uh, I I think overall you, you came out pretty good. Woo. Yeah, I, I agree, Stomp. I think in looking at your roster, I think it made sense too. I think both of these deals made sense, especially together. Um, and I I'm I know Trubisky was bad last year as far as accuracy goes, um, but I like him better than a lot of people do. I think he is a better quarterback than a lot of people think he is. So, you know, and I and I think even if I evaluate him similarly to to what most people do, I think you still got value in that second deal for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. You have some risk there with the injuries to those wide receivers, but you know, especially with Fuller just yeah, with, Fuller the, best with, with so the history. Money. Oh yeah, absolutely. No. Yeah, and and that's the other thing. The format I think it makes sense. So, yeah, I like I like the the uh, culmination of these two deals for you. Hooray. <laughs> yeah. So, Brian, you said you have a trade for us? Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so in Trade Addicts 4, um, we, Russ and I um, made a pretty big deal. I had sent him a message and just said, listen, I'm, I'm just sending you a big boy. I'm working on a big boy trade, and I think it's one that you're – it's going to be pretty close when it comes across. Um, so, I sent – Michael Thomas, uh, hang on, I got to get it back up here. I sent Michael Thomas and Aaron Jones and a third, 2023rd, for Nick Chubb and Brandon Cooks. I got crushed in the poll, um, but I, the reason I'm asking you about it, John, uh, well, and and Stomp too, but John, I'm interested because I, I, it really pained me uh, sending Aaron Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the hardest part of the deal for me. Um, so curious as to what you guys think on this one. In all honesty, I think that you got, you got reasonable value. You know, I, I, I think that, you know, Michael Thomas slight edge over Nick Chubb. Uh, if you're going to take these guys into the season, mm-hmm. I think that Michael Thomas pro- should, should have, uh, more value than Nick Chubb as far as trade value you know Chubb Chubb is awfully close to Michael Thomas in trade value um and then Cooks and Jones are man they're right there so yeah I don't as much as I hate to give up Aaron Jones I mean I think that you you know you came away with much more value at running back and you know a little bit of a downgrade at wide receiver not not terrible but you know 
probably like a two tier drop for a for about a two tier upgrade at running back. Um, which and so that's the thing that I'm kind of coming around on with the with the stupid running backs, is that I know how people feel about them. I know what people are willing to pay for them. That's that's where this this strategy is kind of starting to to evolve for me a little bit. As much as I hate it, you almost have to overdraft running backs because they're the ones that you can package with a quarterback to you know, to, to get the greatest amount of value and the greatest return at the at positions of need. So, I mean, I, I think it's pretty balanced. I would still take the Michael Thomas, Aaron Jones side, um, by a, a small margin. I don't think you got crushed though. I, so I, I think this comes down to how people value cooks and I think, Brandon Cooks is probably the most underrated wide receiver in the NFL right now. Yes. Um, he's got three straight 1,000-yard uh, seasons, almost – or sorry, four straight 1,000-yard seasons, almost four straight 1,100-yard seasons. He's not a touchdown machine, but he's had nine, eight, seven, and five touchdowns in each of the last four seasons. Um. My issue before I, I before was like he's very up and down, I suppose. Um, or he was uh, last last year. He was a lot better just because he was getting a decent volume. Uh, he only had two, three games uh, in single digits, uh, and he had one, two, three, four, five games above twenty points, uh, and another few above fifteen uh, PPR points. The guy has been a stud basically his entire career, and he's still only 25, and he'll he'll turn 26 this season. So, and he's a fringe wide receiver one every season basically. And then you have Nick Chubb, and and I think a lot of people know how I feel about Nick Chubb. I traded up and trade at X six for Nick Chubb, um, to the detriment of my team. <laughs> he took him way too early. I and, no, I don't think that's true. But I and think right I before Kareem Hunt signed with him. Well, I'm, I I still don't think that's going to affect him all that much. Right? I don't either. But um, it was just funny was, to watch yeah, you melt was, down for a like, minute. What the? F- all right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I I think I think you John had it right though. Is that you're getting a big upgrade for me in terms of Chubb over Aaron Jones. And I don't think it's that big of a downgrade from Michael Thomas to Brandon Cooks just because Brandon Cooks has, like I said, been a fringe wide receiver one basically his entire career. So I think you actually won this trade uh, slightly. Yeah, again, I'm, I, so I'm kind of taking the, the, the approach of, you know, I'm, uh, I'm taking these guys into the season. I'm going to battle with these guys. And that's where I would want Michael Thomas and Aaron Jones. But, yeah, I, I mean, as far as I, I think that where I feel like Russ won this overall is, I mean, and this is a this is a dynasty outhouse ism that I've kind of I've edited it a little bit, I guess I've editorialized it just a little bit. But instead of, you know, draft for talent, trade for need, I say draft for value, trade for need. And I think they're essentially the same thing. Well, I, I think that you're getting the most trade value. I think that Nick Chubb has the most trade value 
out of that entire in that entire trade. So knowing that you guys are going to continue making moves, that's where I would want Nick Chubb, just because you can get a larger return for him um, than uh, than you can for Michael Thomas, which is kind of crazy. But again, that's that's how people approach the running back position, and it drives me nuts. But that's at the end of the day, that's what the market looks like. So, so this first one we got to talk about Nick Chubb a little bit more. So this is from Dino Junkie. It's a 12-team Superflex, Dynasty, full PPR, and 0.25 point per carry, which is probably where this is going to get swayed. Uh, Cortland Sutton and Tyler Lockett for Nick Chubb. What do you think, Russ? Nick Chubb. Uh, just on value anyway. But real quick, just to bring it back, you thought that you'd get a lot more for Nick Chubb over Michael Thomas. The mm-hmm. DLF trade analyzer has... Michael Thomas at 8.55 and Nick Chubb at 7.07. Whoa. Yeah. So there, I mean, crazy. Yeah. No, I kind of think that it should be Michael Thomas yielding more in a trade than Nick Chubb. I do too. I just, I I think that in most leagues, you're going to have a hard time getting, getting Nick Chubb for Michael Thomas straight up. Like people just have such a hard time giving up those running backs. They feel like, and, and you know, like again, it, it it kind of is the overall strategy. The in season strategy is, you know, once all your all your more longer term players have kind of all all matured together and all kind of meshed together. What you know, when everybody's kind of at their peak, then you add in the running backs, and that makes you a contender. Well, the problem is people tend to feel like all I need is the running backs to make me the contender, you know? And so I don't know, people just pay a premium for running backs. I feel like, and I think we're kind of seeing it with Saquon Barkley. I mean, not to, not to crap on your boy hard, but I mean, just the haul that you can get for Saquon Barkley in a lot of these leagues. I Jesse Reeves was telling me about a trade that he made that like, it was like Keenan Allen and, uh, what all did he, he, he got like, he essentially got like five times, you know, rookie first value, almost six times rookie first value for Saquon Barkley. Like this, whoever it was had to gut their entire team just to get Saquon Barkley. But having that running back, they feel like they're an instant contender. It's so, it's, it's so backwards, but like, it that's like I said, that's kind of what the market is, you know. Russ, are you surprised they let him talk that long? <laughs> Without um, making glowing remarks about Saquon. Yeah. So what do you think, Brian, about Nick Chubb versus uh Sutton and Lockett? Yeah, I, I agree, Chubb here. Um I just for the thing for me is like <clears throat> Nick Chubb. I I think this guy's like he's going to be ridiculous, mm-hmm. and he's going to be running against no defenders essentially. I mean, they're not he, he's he will not face an eight man box. I don't think yeah. he'll face you know I don't think he'll face nearly the the same types of defenses that a lot of these guys have to face week to week. Um, you know that passing offense is on paper at least. 
it looks really good. Now I know Stompy, it, you know, with the Baker hate and all that, but <laughs> I just, I, I just think that you know that the fear of that offense, and especially if he can make some throws, and and it's early on in the season, Chubb's going to run wild. Um, yes, Kareem Hunt is there. Yes, he's coming back. I believe he'll be there for six games, and then they're going to move him. I, that's my opinion on that. I think that's what's going to happen. Um, so I, I just I love Nick Chubb as a prospect. Um, you know, he he absolutely killed the the combine. If it wasn't for Saquon Barkley, everybody would have been talking about Nick Chubb. So, um, you know, I I, I love the player. Um, I, I think Tyler Lockett is a good player. Um, but I'm definitely not as high on him as a lot of people are right now. Um, and I do like Cortland Sutton a lot. For me, it just is is Flacco going to be able to get him the ball? Um, and you know, what happens after Flacco leaves and it ends up being Drew Locke or whatever quarterback they bring in could be a, a better option. Um, might not be. So um We'll see what happens with that too, but yeah, I'm on I'm on the Chubb side on this one. And Stompy, uh, I mean, we already talked about my Chubb love. <laughs> I love oh, Chubb. Easy. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I'm just not I'm not concerned about Kareem Hunt because I think Chubb is a better running back. Kareem Hunt might be the better pass catcher. Uh, oh, but I think Chubb's just a better running back and. I mean, Brian makes a good point that he's likely to face less stacked boxes. He, he ranked 10th in defenders in the box last season. And with the addition of, and, and by the way, the Baker hate is that hates a strong word, Brian. Uh, I don't hate, it's right, but it's a I, strong, word. I don't hate Baker. I am. I temper my expectations on Baker until he proves me wrong. So not hate, but anyway, uh, so Baker in another season with Todd Monken, with Freddie kitchens, with OBJ, with Jarvis Landry, I think you're going to have, he's going to face a lot lighter fronts, uh, which is going to, and obviously, uh, allow him to kind of run wild. Um, and then from, and, and, with that in mind, when he became a starter from uh, uh, week 17 on, he was the running back, not eight, sorry, running back eight last season. So imagine that guy facing lighter boxes next season. Like he legit, he, to me, at the very least, those first eight weeks, he's got that, he's got top five upside. Now we'll that Damian Williams upside. Yeah, he's got Damian Williams upside. <laughs> so um, so when when Cream Hunt comes back, I do think he's going to have some usage, and he'll and Chubb will be have some touches taken away. But I, I he just doesn't scare me all that much. And it, it, to me, it's more of an insurance policy. And he gets they get a draft pick if they let him go into free agency the next season, and he signs somewhere else. So. I I think it especially in point per carry. I, I definitely think it's Chubb. I think Chubb's going to get like ninety percent of the carries. Uh, maybe ninety percent's hyperbolic, but a significant portion of the carries, especially in those first eight weeks. All right, Chubb got sixty nine percent of the vote. You cannot make it. <laughs> <up. laughs> 
Uh, all right. One last quick one. And I think this is going to be a quick one, but um, I am curious because this is relevant to some of the conversation we've been having uh, in the last few minutes. It's from Jake Lang, 10 team dynasty PPR. Do you want Saquon Barkley and a 2021st or uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Who adds your Saquon? <laughs> or my entire team still Saquon. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Sanders in a 2022nd. Oh man, Bay and Bay Light. <laughs> <laughs> it's still it's it's Barkley easily. Easily, okay. it is easily for me because Wait, because I have again. him. Huh? What was the other side again? Saquon in the first for Nuke, Miles Nuke. Sanders, and a second. <sighs> All right, sorry, talk, Brian. Yeah, no, I mean, I have, I have Saquon, I have Saquon over Nuke, um, straight up, and while I love Miles Sanders, um, you know, the the twenty twenty first, I mean, the chances of that, even if it's a later pick, uh, getting me an elite prospect that would have probably been top half of the first round this year, um is 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 high so i i'm i think the values on on that side on the saquon side so does miles sanders i mean does he just make up the difference between hopkins and barkley or is it more are you kind of comparing him to the 2021st um or a little I'm, of both. He could be yeah, a little I'm, both. Yeah, I think it's a little of both. I think it's okay. a little of both. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I have, Nuke, gonna... I have Nuke probably five or so slots behind Saquon in I, in, uh, in Superflex. I so, so, you know, um, you know, so Sanders and a second for a first when we're talking 2020 picks. So, I mean, I think that's pretty, it's, it's probably, it's probably pretty close value wise. Um, if I'm, I, I just, you know, if, and, and again, I love Miles Sanders. I mean, he also is a Penn State guy, right? So, but if it's Saquon, I mean, Saquon Barkley, you don't, you don't trade Saquon Barkley for a fair deal, John. I mean, you, you know this. <laughs> you do this to me constantly in every league we play in that you own him. I think that's only one league, but it's it kills me. Um, I, I had the rights to him in another league. Ah, you did. You, you just weren't even gonna just weren't even gonna negotiate that one. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, for for me, I just I'm not moving Saquon in a deal that I'm not getting a massive overpay. And I don't think this is a massive overpay. I think the value's fine, but I'm not trading Saquon Barkley for fine value. All right, outhouse. Yeah, it hurts me not to take DeAndre Hopkins, but I agree with everything Brian just said. Yeah, yeah, Stompy. Can I cop out here? Uh, uh really? That's... <laughs> uh, no, it's you, team team. No, dependent. no, no, no. Don't say those words. <laughs> well, so let me let me make my argument here. So, I've heard. I think all three of you say uh, you want young wide receivers in a rebuild, right? 
young wide receivers, and then you get your running backs later or in the draft. Um, now you can make the argument that 2021st you could get that young running back, but getting DeAndre Hopkins and then Miles Sanders, who has a clear path to carries next season at the very least, plus that uh, 2022nd. I mean, I definitely see the value there where it's like, okay, now I'm getting DeAndre Hopkins, the best wide receiver in the game right now, the best young wide receiver at the very least. Uh, I'm getting Miles Sanders, who could become a bell cow back as early as next season. And then I'm also getting a second-round pick in a very deep draft class where you could probably and, – and, and I don't know how it's going to shake out, but, I mean, if let's say Eno Benjamin drops down there for some reason, you could get somebody like that. So I, I see it there. But with Saquon Barkley and then the 2021st, I just don't – I think I'm with Brian on that. It's like you, you have the young running back already. That 2021st – could either be traded for a legitimate wide receiver or you could draft. And I think a lot of people are underestimating the 2020 wide receiver class as well. And we were talking about this before we got on you, Jerry Judy, you have LaVisca Chenault, you have Ty Johnson, you have Colin Johnson, you have Brian Edwards. And I know I'm missing a lot of people, but I was saying, I don't think the kill Harry's top five wide receiver in, in the 2020 class. So that's how good it is. So you could end up getting a very young and impactful wide receiver with that 2021st anyway. And with Saquon, you know you have a bell cow back. You know you have a perennial contender for 2,000-plus yards from scrimmage, double-digit touchdowns. And I just don't – I don't think people understand how invaluable that is. I actually think that's fair to say that. Uh, that it's team dependent. I mean, Saquon and the 2021st, that's kind of a win now and win now from now on type of package. Uh, but he doesn't belong on a, on a rebuilding team. But at the same time, that is, it's you, you clearly you can get more. So this was, this ended up being three to one essentially for the Saquon side. So clearly the, there's actually way more value in uh, Saquon than simply the best wide receiver in the game and uh, one of the top three rookies and a pick. All right, we but we're going to wrap it up right there. But uh, you guys jumped in on such short notice, and we, again, just really appreciate it. Uh, it's a Trade Addicts podcast at Trade Addicts Pod, and Brian, as a sign-off, uh, tell us uh, where they can find all your work. And yes. I'm going to try and come up with something else to, for you guys to say, because uh, they've heard this on the show many, many times from both of you at this point. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you can find me at Brian Har FF on Twitter. And um, my work is over at dynastyleafootball.com. Um yeah, that's that's where I'm at. Come come uh, have some conversation. Uh, I love uh, conversing with the Twitterverse. So hit me up on there, and uh, I'll argue with you long enough to think for you to think that I'm a mean person, and then I'll apologize. So um, <laughs> it's true. That's true. He's way too nice. All right, uh, I, I came up with it. 
If you hadn't jumped on the super show tonight, what would you be doing instead? So, so you know what I was doing, but we're not, we're not going <laughs> to no, 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 no. tell us, tell us what you were doing before. <laughs> while while we, uh, sent you a DM. <laughs> no, um, you, turn you, off you, notifications, man. Come on. Number two, <laughs> number two. So yeah, yeah, it was yeah. great. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. Um, thanks for, uh, pinching it off and joining us yeah I, I get a star sticker on the on the pooper pooping chart uh that nice. my daughter has so nice yeah all good yeah that's always just that little extra motivation <laughs> Russ, <laughs> Russ, where can they find you and what would you have been doing if you didn't jump on the super show well i am uh i'm dynasty shithouse at dynasty shitbox yes! sorry <laughs> at dynasty shitbox <laughs> I love you. I can't believe I fumbled that one. Edit that. Um, <laughs> I'm Dynasty Outhouse at Dynasty Outhouse on the Twitters. Uh, that's all I do. Uh, Trade Addicts Pod. We are a podcast that talks about trades. So listen to us, please. Thank yes, you. Please. Oh, and I was watching Parks and Rec. That's why. Oh, uh, the best. Yeah, I I'm halfway through the seventh season. I'm watching it for the first time, and I am legitimately sad that soon in my life these characters won't be there anymore. Like that's gonna, how good I think this show is. You're gonna cry. I there's a good chance. You know my my favorite ever or my favorite Jeff to use or GIF or whatever you want to say. Jeff. Jeff. All right. <laughs> is Jean Ralphio say singing? You're the worst. In Ben's <laughs> ear, my favorite, my favorite GIF. Well, it's just it's also because there's so many GIFs come from that show, and like as I'm watching the show, it's just like oh, I know that scene. What the, I get that now. It's just it's <laughs> funny. Like things start clicking. Can we can we have Outhouse uh, sign sign us off with his famous or infamous sign off? Yeah, you know, it, yeah, I think we should. Yeah. It's late. I'm ready to go to bed. We got to go. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. The best outro in all of podcasting. Uh, I'll uh, I'll go ahead and do our uh, our normal outro, though. Um, on uh, on top of that, that's a tough act to follow, but uh, I'm going to do it anyways because there is pertinent information in here. So as we wrap it up for the week, we're going to ask you for a quick favor. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also subscribe to the DLF family of podcasts, Megafeed, and get access to all of the great podcasts from DLF. And once you're subscribed, if you give us a rating and review, not all podcatchers give you that option, but on the ones that do, those ratings and reviews help us to expand our reach, get out to a larger audience, involve more people in the conversation, and from there we can really zero in on the topics that are the most useful to you, the listener. And in the vein of listener interaction, send us your trades on Twitter at SuperFlexShow. You can also send them to any one of us individually. Stompy's at FFStompy. James is at underscore JamesTheBrain. I'm at SuperFlexDude. And again, at BrianHarFF and at DynastyOutHouse. If you're not already tagging them, make sure that you do that as well. We can all retweet them, help you get more votes and comments, and sometimes even bring them here on the podcast and analyze them. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the song The Addiction that we use as our intro and outro music. And above all else, 
Thank you to each and every one of you for listening. Until next week, stay sexy and super flexy. Till the end, I'm